simple reason for that is, has been simply the new shop. Um, I've had a lot going on with the new store and uh, it's left us uh, a little bit short on time, that's for sure. Um, so what I wanted to talk about today was, uh, I've got a couple of couple of little items to talk about. The first item we're going to talk about today is relicking your cigar box guitars. Now, this is in response to a... Um, a feed that came up on Facebook uh, by our good, uh, a good friend of the show, uh, Doc Sigma from uh, Rocky Mountain Slide Company, and uh, he made an observation that relict instruments. You know, he didn't. Let's put it bluntly. He doesn't think much of relict instruments, um, which he is one hundred percent entitled to. Uh, you know, to his opinion. And uh, I'm certainly not going to um, to uh, to go into to go into battle with him over that. That's it's it's an opinion thing. It's a, it's it's not about you know being right or being wrong. Um, it's that's simply a very 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 much a um, uh, a question of taste, I suppose, of your own personal taste. Things that you find tasteful or things that you find untasteful. Um, so let's talk about that now. Keeping in mind that Doc, uh, as far as I know, and again, this might be, you might hear a bit of a ding here and a bit bit of a ding there. This is me, I'm, I'm in the workshop working at the moment. Um, Doc, as far as I know, doesn't build guitars. Now, Doc builds and creates uh, amazingly beautiful um, finger slides uh, and, uh, you know, tone bars uh, for playing slide guitar. Um, and you can go back and listen to one of our previous uh, interviews that I actually did with him, so to catch up with what he's doing. Um, so he's certainly a friend of the show, and uh, this little segment of the show is certainly in no and in no way uh, an attack on on uh, Doc's ideas uh, at all. But it's it's an interesting th- it's, it's a very very interesting topic, and it's one that's quite uh, quite divisive. Uh, it certainly has people on on. A couple of uh, on two sides of the fence, uh, you know. On one side, you've got the people who you know who absolutely love it. Uh, other people who absolutely hate it. Um, you don't often find many people sitting on the fence, but uh, as the presenter of this p- particular program you're listening to at the moment, it's my job to be objective. Um, if you ask me personally, do I like relic finishes? I will say, generally, yes. Uh, generally, yes, I do like relic finishes. However, having said that, um, it depends on the finish. It depends on uh, on the job that's uh, that's actually been done. I mean, I've seen some fairly tragic-looking um, relic jobs uh, before. Um, you know, certainly, uh, I've seen some uh, pretty tragic-looking. <sighs> finishes on some guitars in general, um, you know, as well. So the idea of this episode is, or this segment, is certainly not to bash 
the way people are finishing guitars. Um, I am in. I am certainly uh, no expert in finishing guitars, but I do know what I like. Um, so let's keep that in mind. Um, okay. First things first. There were a lot of people who replied to his comment uh, in the negative. Let's be honest. The, the, the majority of the comments uh, weren't from people who supported Relic in guitars. Um, and again, it's not that I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying that that's, that's, that's certainly their opinion. Um, many of the people who commented, I do notice, um, are cigar box guitar builders. And I've been thinking about this all week because it's interesting. I, the cigar box guitar traditional is is a traditional uh, is a traditional instrument. It's um, it's it's based, you know, whatever we're doing in in regards to actually building these these instruments is based on our understanding of. Uh, a very rustic style of instrument and an instrument that has been around for you know for a very 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 long time and for for new listeners or people who are who are listening to this who are fairly new to cigar box uh guitars there's uh a number of excellent publications that have been uh that have been put out um over the last few years on cigar box guitar history um one of the best uh, in my humble opinion, was the book that was put out by uh, Bill uh, Yaley. Um, you can go back and look at, listen to one of our earlier uh, interviews from the podcast with Bill. Um, and the book that he released was called the um, uh, the History of Cigar Box Guitars or C- History of Cigar Box Guitar Instruments. It's uh, no one man's yeah one man's trash. Sorry, I don't have any. I don't have the information. As I said, I'm working at the workshop at the moment, so it's it's a, just a case of finding time to talk about these topics. Um, he's got an excellent book. Uh, another book which was written by um, Mike Orr. Mike Orr uh, has written a fantastic book on cigar guitar building. Of course, there's the latest book which has been put out by uh, Shane Spiel. Um, as well, and uh, and I'm still, you know, still hoping to, to be able to catch up with Shane at some point in time in the future. Uh, it has been difficult uh, to, uh, to to get in contact with with Shane. He's been uh, very very busy, so please bear with us on this. If anyone knows Shane, or um, uh, be awesome for you to uh, if uh, you just give him a push in our direction, I suppose, so we can have a listen to his story. Anywho, so there's that book as well. Um, there's quite a few publications out there. Uh, you, you can find mo- many of these books at um, at your various uh, guitar, uh, cigar box guitar suppliers, uh, building suppliers, uh, such as, um, you know, I think CB Giddy have got a few few books, uh, MRWS, you can't try them, and of course MGB, uh, who are some of the bigger, uh, more well-known cigar box um, guitar building suppliers. Anyway, let's get back to let's get back to this. Um, I'm not endorsed, by the way, 
by any of these companies. So I'm just, I'm friends with all of them. You guys know that. Um, it was very interesting to see so many cigar box guitar builders commenting negatively um, against Relic Instruments. When I think the instruments that we build in many cases are um, a reflection on what we believe these old instruments used to be in some cases. And then on top of that, um, people who want to take them forward. You know, people who are using, uh, who only use, uh, for example, Nigel McTrustry, for example, only uses um, electric guitar pickups. He doesn't use piezo pickups at all. Um, then you've got Mike Snowden, who uh, you know we've interviewed before for the show. Uh, and Mike only uses uh, traditionally, well, for his cigar box guitars at least, uh, Mike only uses um, uh, piazza pickups. Um, he doesn't, in many cases, from what we can see, he doesn't actually even use uh, a volume control on his guitars. So they're quite, uh, without sounding patronising, they're quite a simplified uh, style of instrument. But having said that, many of those builders that I've just spoken about, who uh, from the best of my knowledge at this point in time hadn't commented on uh, on that particular thread, um, many of those builders relic their instruments. And I personally relic many of my instruments. Um, and Relicking is not always just about a paint job, but relicking, I believe, it captures a feel. It's a feeling thing. It's, um, you know, if you talk about the, the Fender custom shop and, and, you know, paying thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars for a an electric guitar, you know, a Fender Stratocaster, which is the exact, which is an almost exact replica of Stevie Ray Vaughan's Stratocaster, for example. Um, if someone's a, a, a huge Stevie Ray Vaughan fan, who am I to give them a hard time and tell them that, you know, that they're foolish for, for spending money on an instrument which, you know, costs thousands upon thousands of dollars if they're in a position where they can afford to do that and they're a very big fan and in some ways it allows them to be closer to their hero then who the hell am I to you know to tell them that they're that they're foolish or an idiot for doing so it's certainly not my place um you know they build ESP build uh James Hetfield's um electric guitars and they build versions of James Hetfield's guitars they've there's the um there's the the you know the black cross uh, one, the snake bite, the you know, and all of these guitars have been relicked you know in their own ways to look the same as the instrument that James Hetfield's got. So again, who am I to tell people you know not to go and buy one of those guitars if you're a huge fan of somebody and it allows you and it makes you feel closer to that closer to that musician and allows you to connect with that musician you know how. I'll bet it impersonally. What's wrong with that? Um, when we relic uh, cigar box guitars, um, we're capturing a feel. Um, 
And as I said, I'm, I, I'll put my hand up and I'll say I don't relic all of my instruments, but I certainly relic quite a few of them to make them look like they've been around for, you know, 100 years. Or you're creating a feel, you're creating a mood. Um, you know, someone walks in and says, you know, I, I really, you know, I really want uh, a cigar box guitar that, you know, that looks like, you know, it's been in the family, you know, for, for, for 100 years or something. Well, am I, who am I to turn around and say to them, no, I'm not going to do that, when I know it's really quite easy to do. Um, so I'll take you through a few, just verbally, not, you know, not on video, but we'll take you verbally through a couple of ways that you can actually do this yourself and relic an instrument, um, a cigar box guitar, quite simply. All right. Now, the very first thing you're going to need to do is find a cigar box. I have a cigar box. There's one right in my hand at the moment. Now, a couple of different ways that, that you can relic a cigar box. Um, the easiest way I find to actually relic a cigar box is to actually hit it with... Um, is actually to hit it with some 400 grade sandpaper. Now, 400 grade sandpaper, you can barely feel the, the grit. Even 320 grade is more than fine. Um, get yourself a sanding block, get yourself a bit of 320 grit paper. And the easiest thing I find to do, if you just want to kind of roughen it, rough it up a little bit, is just get that sandpaper and hit the corners. That's what I'm doing at the moment. Just hit those corners a little bit. Just get, get in there. Get those corners, give them a little bit of a rough up, smooth them down a bit. Now, the one, the box that I'm doing at the moment, I've actually already applied a coat of sealer to the box. And I'm just taking this 320 grit, which again, if you run your hands over it, it feels quite smooth, but it's enough just to take off some of the shine. Now that's a very simple relic and I've done that. And that's all I've done. All I did was just attack the sides, smooth the sides down on this box. And I'm quite happy leaving this particular box like that. However, I can grab another cigar box. Now this one, I haven't treated with anything yet, so I haven't painted it at the moment with, and as you saw in a previous video, possibly for the um, Cigar Box Guitar Builder YouTube channel, um, I haven't actually painted this. I use I like to use a water-based water uh, sealer um, for the Cigar Box Guitars. Now this particular one, what I'm going to do is I'm going to up the grade of sandpaper to 240 grit. All right, so what I'm then gonna do is, here's my 240 grit, just got a little bit here. Now I'm actually doing this as, this, as we're talking. So, here we go. So just get a little bit of 240 grit, you hit the corners of the cigar box. Now that'll actually weather it up a little bit more. Now it'll take a little bit more of the finish off. Um, what I would then do after you've done that 240 grit, so that it doesn't look like you've been using sandpaper on, what I would then do is go then to the 400 and then smooth over and get rid of the, the sanding marks, the sanding striations. And then if you want to protect it, especially if you've gone through the paper to the cigar box, um, 
it's a great idea to actually protect it with a little bit of a, a little bit of a, um, a water-based um, polyurethane, and just protect the box uh, so that the it's not going to fall apart on the uh, on your customer or fall apart for yourself. Uh, especially on a day like today, it's 42 degrees Celsius here uh, in the workshop today, and uh, it's it's quite warm. So. It's, if I was playing cigar box guitar, I certainly wouldn't want to be playing one that hadn't been uh, protected. So, the next step is to use a ebonizing solution. Now, I just happen to have an ebonizing solution right here. Now. To make an ebonizing solution, you need two things. One, you need some steel wool or some old nails. And the other thing that you need, if I can find it at the moment in my, here we go, is not mineral turpentine. You need methylated spirits. Ah, which is right here. No, you don't. Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting confused. Please don't do that. Um, you need white vinegar. So I've gone to put my white vinegar somewhere, and I'm not exactly sure where I've put it. Anyway, it doesn't matter because I'm just telling you about it now. The idea is get some white vinegar, some rusty old nails, or some steel wool. Get the soap off the steel wool first if it has soap in it, and what you then do is use a jar, a jar that will seal, and then simply top it up with vinegar and then drop in the steel wool and leave it for a few days. Now what'll happen then is you'll end up with a relatively rusty solution. If you apply that fairly carefully, you'll actually find that you'll be able to uh, put quite a rusty effect on the uh, on the cigar box, making it look very, very, very old. And that's a pretty heavy-duty relic. You can also use a stain, whether or not whether or not you use uh, a water-based or an oil-based. Uh, you know, you might use a floor stainer or something like that, or just something that has a colour tint in it or something. But that's relicking. That's a relic. It's a paint finish. You know, you're creating an effect and a feel. The best thing that happens is, especially when you're using something like oak, if you're using a white oak or something, a really great timber that's going to, and it's not always light timbers that get affected. You can, darker timbers can still be affected by this. If you rub a even a fairly clear looking um, uh, ebonizing solution. So in other words, sometimes I keep my ebonizing solutions for months on end, making them go really rusty and manky and, you know, just depending on, on how I want that particular type of solution to affect the timber or the paper, especially when it's rusty because a rusty finish will sink into paper quite easily. Um, you may not necessarily want to have a dirty finish. Um, what you might want to do, in fact, is 
really affect it quite nicely, the neck of the timber. So if you're using a, uh, an oak neck, quite often what you'll find with an ebonizing solution is that you'll actually turn a fairly blonde timber almost black. And that's when the fun happens. Because then, if you wish, then you can sand it back. Now you can actually sand the edges, you can sand the corners, you can sand to bring out a, a trim. If, you're, you, if you've got um, a headstock with relatively sharp corners, and I don't mean sharp enough to cut, but just a sharp edge, what you can actually do once you've ebonized that timber is actually use some fine sandpaper and go over the edge and that'll actually make the edge stand out in blonde. So in other words, it almost creates like a fake binding. Are you fooling anyone with a fake binding? No. Are you trying to literally convince people that the guitar that they have in their hand is actually 110 years old? No. But you may just give them the feeling when they're playing that instrument that maybe they are sitting on a porch somewhere in the delta, you know, or on the decking somewhere, you know, out in the bush here in Australia. And you might want to play some old songs. You might want to, it might just put you in a mood. It might put you in a feeling. Relicking instruments, in my opinion, is not about ripping people off. Yes, some companies charge ex exceedingly high prices. However, there's a lot of expertise that's actually gone in to learning how to relic an instrument really, really, really well. If you want to have a look at some really great relic instruments, I strongly suggest you go and check out Novo Guitars. Um, go and check out the Facebook page of, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, the owner of Novo Guitars. I'll have to put it in the link. I've gone, Dennis Fano, Dennis Fano. Um, also, Friedman Guitars, who are, if you've been reading anything, guitar magazines, relatively new. Um, the work that they're doing on, on relic instruments is absolutely beautiful. And it's the instrument itself. The instruments themselves are stunning instruments. The, the relic is just something that, in my opinion, uh, adds a particular type of beauty. Um, and again, that's just me. It's, you can tell I'm a fan, <laughs> I'm a fan of a good, good relic job. Um, but those guys aren't trying to convince you that those instruments, those guitars are, you know, are, are 40 or 50 years old. They're brand new instruments. I, when I build a relic instrument, I'm not trying to convince, you know, a customer that what they've got in their hand is a hundred year old instrument. But what I'm saying to that customer is, let it sweep you up in the field, you know. If you feel something with it, because some people will come in and look at look at a relic instrument and say, well, I don't like that. And that's perfectly okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like when people walk into, into Birdwood Guitars at my shop up at Katoomba. Shameless plug. Um, it's the same as someone walking in, looking at the wall and saying, oh, most of your guitars are second hand. Well, see, they look at things one way. I don't look at those guitars as being second hand. I look at them as being vintage instruments. I look at them as being pre-loved. You know, in some cases, in some cases, neglected. You know, um, it's all about a mindset. But sometimes someone will walk in and go, "Oh wow, look at that!" You know, and all of a sudden they're swept away to the 1930s. You know, uh, I, I'm currently reading uh, a wonderful book called 
of mice and men. And that's inspiring me at the moment to do a couple of, of, of relic style cigar box guitars. Cause I'm just trying to think, you know, if I were, if I were George walking Lenny down, you know, walking Lenny down, walking with Lenny down the highway, if I had an old beat up guitar, what would it look like? What would it feel like? And that's for those people who are listening to this, who don't like relic jobs. What I'm going to ask you is this, I'll just, I'll challenge you in a friendly way and say, try and look at them from, try and look at them from a slightly different point of view. It's not, it's not cheating people at all. Uh, well, it's in my opinion, when I build, I'm not trying to cheat people at all. What we're trying to do, as I said, is to create a feel. I hope you'll go out and do that. I'll hope you'll have a look. Whether you change your mind or whether you don't, maybe you'll look at things a little bit, maybe a little differently. Um, especially when it comes to cigar box guitars. If you look on the groups, there's a lot of cigar box guitars on the groups that are uh, relic really beautifully. Uh, cigar box guitars by Rod. If you have a little look on Instagram, uh, he does the most amazing. Uh, he's moved a bit. He's moved on to furniture a little bit more so than than guitars recently. But if you go and check check out his Instagrams. Uh, you'll find some beautiful relic instruments, absolutely stunning, and they're an art form unto themselves. So I ask you, go out, have a look. If you've got comments, please leave comments uh, here uh, on, on Podbean or on iTunes. Um, go to the group. Please don't forget to go to the group, the Facebook group um, of the Cigar Box Guitar Builder. Uh, also, we have a, a YouTube channel, which um, I'm going to be putting up a video uh, on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, regarding this process um, and click uh, subscribe um, come on board and follow us uh, if you've listened to listening to us for the first time as we're coming towards the end of uh, this episode I wanted to put out uh, a little bit of a warning for uh, anyone who uses Facebook or Instagram uh, just recently actually uh, over the Christmas period um, I actually got caught up in a bit of a scam um, I, uh, on Christmas Eve, was going just having a look at Instagram and Facebook, uh, as you do, and um, I came across one of those crazy, you know, sounds too good to be true kind of uh, advertisements that they put up on uh, Facebook and on Instagram. And it was for, you know, for, for Gibsons and Fenders, uh, you know, uh, guitars, um, acoustic guitars and amplifiers and all that sort of stuff, just at... at Stupid prices, and, and in my head, I'm sitting there. I'm going, look, I know these are, um, I know they're fakes, but I just thought, look for, you know, basically for shits and giggles. I just thought, you know, it'd be fun to actually order one and just have a little look at it, and and and, uh, you know, just have something for home, just a bit of fun. So I ended up purchasing this uh, a, a guitar from one of those companies, and ended up finding. I thought. Uh, sale apparently went through and everything like that and then i thought oh look i look i'll get one for a friend and i thought i might actually get one for a mate just for you know because he'll he'll appreciate it you know he'll appreciate it so i went to try and put the sale through and um it came up as a rejected sale and it keeps asking you to and they keep asking you this is what actually happened so they keep asking you for um for you know for you to put your put your numbers in again and all that sort of stuff and oh, i know you've done this wrong you've done that wrong you've done this wrong you've done that wrong what's your you know your email address and all that sort of stuff so that we can keep you abreast of what's happening and well anyway 
I tried for a couple of days to make another purchase, and finally, a couple of days after Christmas, I thought, oh, look, I'll put another purchase through, and I decided to get, like, a, you know, a, another guitar. And then I got a message from my bank, and the bank said, are you sure you want to put this sale through? Because I don't think these guys are very trustworthy. So I phoned my bank, and then I did a little bit of digging, which is probably what I should have done to start with. The majority of these, and I'll say the majority, but the majority of these, these um, special deals, uh, uh, music specials that come up for like, you know, $600, $700 instruments for $99, the majority of these things are absolute BS. Uh, what happens is that uh, they get as many suckers, including me, uh, as they can. And then what they'll do is they'll change the name of their company. They'll change their accounts. They'll change the company name. It's all floating. It's all out there. And the problem is, as someone mentioned today on, because I put the, a warning up against another one that had come up, and Facebook don't seem to be able to do anything about it because they're advertising something that's a scam. And keep that in mind, okay, guys? It's not always the algorithm, and I'm not blaming Facebook, but I'm saying that their algorithm can't keep up with it. It's, it's obvious because, you know, I got scammed. Um, well and truly. Uh, I, to the point where I actually said, look, I'm not taking any chances. I actually cancelled all my credit cards um, and, you know, went back to my bank and, and got everything redone, which was uh, a, an enormous inconvenience. So someone mentioned, uh, oh, look, PayPal, you know, oh, it, it must be legit because they use PayPal. It's no different. What they'll do is they'll rip PayPal off. All right, so what they'll do is they'll get their money and then when they get caught, they close everything down. They've still got the money. There's nothing that they can do about it. And then they open up another dodgy account under a different name and they don't get caught. Uh, please, please, please think very seriously about any of those bogus, uh, bogus scams that are out there. Um, you'll see them. They'll pop up and you'll be able to tell them straight away. And I tell you what, I'll never be doing that again. So this is a little warning from me uh, to you guys. Uh, you know, I just don't want you guys to get caught out the same way I did. Um, and, uh, you know, more fool me, hey? Well, to finish out the show, uh, we've got a track uh, by John Nickel called Lost Grace. Um, if you have or uh, are in a band that uh, utilises cigar box guitars or roots instruments of that type, uh, please get in touch with me at birdwood.guitars at gmail.com uh, if you're interested in having your music on the show. Uh, otherwise, this has been Adam from the Cigar Box Guitar Builder saying catch you later, and uh, we'll finish up with Lost Grace by John Nickel. Always matters what you say. Always matters what you do with your day every day. It's life is stupid short these days, and I ain't got time to waste. There's lessons to be learned There's a wrong time but maybe the right place And through these mistakes I have been made And I found it all when I lost my grace Always matters what you say Always matters what you do with your day every day Cause life is short and you
All these years in just one day 